connecting to the real nerds is so easy. You can go to our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can like us on Facebook. We have a Twitter account, at Real Nerds. We also have Instagram. You can call us, 720-6Nerds5. You want to email us? You can do that, too, realnerds at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Denver Comic Con 2017 and beyond. I am Ryan, and I am with the OG Nerds, which consist of Brad and James. Every week on Real Nerds Podcast, we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. This week, we saw The Accountant. Stay tuned to the end of this episode. We'll review The Accountant. We also spoil it, so if you want to see the movie, and we will tell you if you see the movie, we'll play the trailer, and then you can decide for yourself if you want to listen to our spoilers or not until after you see the movie. Uh, we also talk about what's coming out on Blu-ray, movie news, what we've been watching out throughout the week. We love movies. Um, I'm also going to uh, – we do this Fantasy Movie League. You can download the app on iTunes, and it's basically – you get $1,000. I think I've explained it before, but just in case you haven't heard us talk about it before. You get $1,000? Everybody you know, gets $1,000. You get $1,000 of Ryan. fake money oh. to – so each movie – so every week they have a new dollar amount assigned to a certain movie, and you have eight screens, and you strategically place – use your $1,000 to get the most out of your eight screens. And uh, Brad constructed a trophy for himself because he knows he's going to win this one. So he's like, I'm going to go ahead and make a trophy. I, even though I'm going to win this one, it, it's going to be like the Shiva where we'll, we'll pass it around and switch out the, the title on it every time there's a new Yeah, that'll be quarterly. cool. It looks nice. It's, okay. a, it's a gold f- uh, film reel on like a stand. It's a wooden stand. A wooden stand. It's actually like a, a staircase knob that I repurposed nice. into uh, yeah, a stand and then painted it. And That reel is some old... Super 8 reel from back in the day. You're just so handy. That's right. Man, it's impressive. It is. So, uh, yeah, if you want to join the league, just send us a message and we'll send you the password. And then if you... if uh, You're encouraging people to like sign up to try and beat me. Yeah. Yeah, and of then, course. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Brad. If you, if you win, uh, Brad will scrawl your name in Sharpie on the front of it. Like this can... week, uh, I was like, man, if... So the the Kevin Hart movie was like 150 bucks less than the accountant. So I'm like, well, if that does even like you know 19 million, and I get three of those screens, it'll make more money. But then it totally underperformed, and I got fucked. Oh, yeah. because I'm I'm at a point now where I have to find a way to overtake Brad. <laughs> so I have to strategically. I don't, I know I don't look at what you pick beforehand, but I got to strategically. Well, no one can. Can you? I don't think so. Yeah. So I, I like I try to strategically line them up now. I'm doing. I mean, I fucked up the first two weeks of this fall movie schedule but i'm back on track now i'm doing pretty good now but yeah i I fell too far behind at the beginning i don't know i could conceivably screw up and oh you can and you will the the arrogance did you hear that there's a world ryan where where i could screw up and you could win there isn't probably a world where you could screw up and i would win (laughs) at this point what's yours is yours the dr acula one yeah yeah dr acula's movie (laughs) funhouse and last year, last week, I I I I, I forgot. 
It happens. Our favorite place to see movies is at the Alamo Draft House. This is what's playing at the Alamo Draft House next week. Hello. Hi, I'm Kevin Smith. Hi, I'm Leonard Maltin. Hi, I'm Mark Hamill. Hi, I'm Elijah Wood. This is Seth Rogen. I'm Christopher Mintz-Bloss. I'm Martin Starr. Welcome to the Alamo Draft House. American S- Honey starts. Serenity. Um, that was canceled. Sorry, James. What? No, it wasn't. Yeah. Was it really? No. Oh, my- I, so I'm thinking of Firefly. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, because I'm, go- I'm going to see Serenity there this week uh, with my folks. They're doing like a movie party thing. Also so. on Monday, A Life in Parts with Brian Cranston. Cool. It's, uh, it, I think it's sold out, so good luck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but there's like a – he's in one of the – he's at one of the theaters, but then you can like watch him live streamed to other theaters. So I don't know if the other theaters are sold out, but probably – so, uh, also Frankenstein and Candyman with special guest director Bernard Rose and Tony Todd, who's the Candyman. We have this awesome interview with Tony Todd that we should probably put up since it's Halloween. One of us needs to find it. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Um, Rituals is playing on uh, on Wednesday. It's called Gothic Horror. The poster is really badass. You can also watch the presidential debate if you'd like to that day. And I uh, also because it's kind of you know it's Halloween time. I, I love the name of this. It's a, it's an Israeli vampire movie, and it's called A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. I love the title. I've never seen it, and I heard it's good, but I don't want to watch an Israeli vampire film. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I love I lo- I think that title is really cool. Yeah. No, that's good. Is it is it because you're like sensitive to the plight of Israeli vampires? Yes. No, um, I just, I don't know. It takes a lot for me. It's like an artsy fartsy horror film too. It's like black and white and sure. So I mean, and it's foreign, so it takes a lot for me to like. Oh, I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure Henry's seen it. And <laughs> uh, I drink your blood is playing on Thursday. Maybe Henry will write like a a four page article about why you're wrong this week, uh, just like you did to me. Yes. <laughs> uh, Let's scare Jessica to death is on Friday. Cool. Alice Sweet Alice is also on Friday, and they have a uh, anime. Kids, you something. Uh, part two. So well, you can see that. You yeah. know what? I'm sure if Hollywood decided to remake A Girl Walks a home, alone, home Alone um, at midnight, was yes, it at again? night. At night, walks alone at night, and they remake it and call it A Girl Walks. Ryan would watch it. Totally. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, man. If they just make this more American, I'm let the right wait. one in style. Yeah. Can't wait. Yeah, that's just playing at the Alamo. Cool, cool. Brad, cool. what's happening out around town? Uh, not too much. Uh, the Esquire uh, Midnight this week is. I just looked at it and I forgot it. Uh, let's talk about the drive-in then, which is still a holdover <laughs> from um, of Storks, the Magnificent Seven, and Don't Breathe. That's a pretty cool. Well, I mean, uh, yeah. Storks. So if you get there late, you, you probably got a good set of films. Of course, I guess I haven't seen Storks, but I can judge it by its cover. <laughs> and then the Esquire is the original Halloween. Oh, cool! Oh, neat. Yep. So e- even I think that movie is dope. That movie is dope. Yeah, that's what's happening around town. Cool. cool. What's next? I want to know what's happening in the world of Hollywood. We call it real news. This will go quick. 
week's real news. Uh, the only thing worth talking about is that uh, this week uh, Rogue One released another trailer and the internet broke in half. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. Because that trailer is fucking dope. What's uh, cool is like, you, you know what's weird? It, is you, you know, you're so used to seeing Star Wars and Star Trek and it's dark and it's outside. Uh, but you see it like on a tropical island. You're like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> Stormtroopers running through water and beaches. And then they have that badass reveal of Darth Vader where he comes through, like, fog and shit. Yeah, he's, like, uh, in that tiny little clip, it looks like he's walking strangely fast, which is really intimidating. It's like he, It looks like he's walking intently to get there and punch you really hard in the face. I don't know. Like that, should, that one shot is cool. Someone should take the Baywatch theme song and put it over the stormtroopers running along the beach in slow motion. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's a great idea. Someone should be you, Brad. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I'm trying to make some other videos right now. Sure, um, but yeah, no, I, I'm I'm super excited for that movie. I, every every time I see a clip of it, like hell, like as long as the action holds up, at this point, I think the story could be mediocre, and I would still probably love it, just because it like if all the shots in the trailer are in the movie, that movie is going to be gorgeous. Yeah, you know. Um, now, you know, the same is true for a handful of. Of, of really good movies. The same was true for, for Godzilla, and I found that movie disappointing. But still, um, hopefully it'll be fantastic. Really, I liked watching uh, Godzilla the second time I saw it. I thought I, it was a lot better. I did like I mean, I own it, so it's not like I, lo- I, I hate it. Um, I, I, I only said disappointed. Because like, Godzilla was one of those, similarly, where like I remember those trailers being so unbelievably cool and exciting, mm-hmm. but then you, like, you went and saw the movie, and you were like, oh, like... Not only are all the shots of Godzilla in the trailers, but there's even shots of Godzilla in the trailer that aren't in the movie because they composite them together. Um, but it's still a cool movie. But anyway. Yeah, no, it's um, great. The, uh, the universe has moved against Don Quixote, as uh, Disney announced this week that they're trying to... Or uh, against uh, Terry Gilliam, I mean, as Disney announced that they're trying to make a Don Quixote movie. Someone needs to just give that guy, like, a, a bunch of money so he can go make that thing, just because I want the story to be over. Like, this is, like like... You know the the Duke Nukem game from a few years ago. <laughs> I just I just want somebody to finish Duke it. Duke Nukem forever. Even if it's garbage, just so we can have the end of the story. Uh, because the fact that we're still talking about Terry Gilliam's Don Quixote, like it well, almost seems are. like a scam. I, I I think Terry Gilliam's overrated, but you know, hey, I, I, we can have a conversation about whether or not Terry, Terry Gilliam is <laughs> overrated. I think Terry Gilliam is is. Interesting and experimental enough that I want him to be able to make films, especially if he's got something he's like really passionate about and has been working on for a while. Like he, Terry Gilliam to me is what like other people think David Lynch is. That's right, Henry. <laughs> um, like he really is a guy who is experimental and weird, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Um, that like those are those are they're, they're movies that I don't always love, um, but I, I find interesting to watch. And I think he deserves, you know, the. Well, I mean, if he wants to make, to make it, it. And he, yeah. it's a passion project. It's just, it's just a story that's been going for so long. It is. Um, Has anyway. he ever tried like crowdfunding for his I, films? I don't think so. That sounds like a good idea. Um, I mean, if there's people like you who are passionate about like it finally getting out there. Oh, I wouldn't give him any money. No, no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, Ang Lee also turned down uh, the opportunity to direct the Mulan remake, um, you know, because they're remaking all of their movies, uh, which means we all dodged a bullet there. Uh, man, have you guys seen the trailer for that, like, Billy, Billy Idol's mm-hmm. long walk at the football <laughs> yeah. game? 
<laughs> yeah. That movie looks he has like a, He hasn't garbage. walked that way for the longest time. Oh, man. <laughs> like, that movie looks like it's made out of plastic. Well, yeah, because he's so... shooting at 120 frames per second. Yeah, no, well, no, it's not just that. It's that everything is CG. Like, it's just a guy on a green screen. Like, it looks like it, like uh, Life of Pi, where it's like, okay, great. Is this, is this what dreams may come, where everything <laughs> is just, like, paint smeared on a wall? Um, ah, man, I don't care how fast he's shooting it. Like, if you, if you took stills out of The Hobbit when it was at 60 frames a second, it didn't look like trash. And when I see stills yeah. from that movie, I'm like, man, this looks garbage. You like, know, when The Hobbit was 60 frames, it took a little bit for you to get into it. But once you watch it, it looked pretty good. Yeah, no, I liked it. Yeah. Um, but my, yeah, my point is just like, ugh, I, I hate the way he makes films now. Um, but anyway, I, I, that's, there wasn't a lot of other stuff this week. Um, um, Ash vs. Evil Dead got renewed for a third season. Oh, cool. That's good. Yeah, it's fun. Have you seen the second season? No, yeah, I'm starting to watch. I'll talk about what we've been watching. Sweet. Okay, It's cool. insane. Um, yeah. So, cool. yeah, here's here's that dickhead Henry with his new art house asshole bullshit. <laughs> I was just going to say, he's an asshole. Thank you. I love art house movies. You can call me Mr. Asshole. What's up, nerds? It's Henry giving you an update on Art House Asshole. Uh, this week's article is on Tony Erdman, which is a, if I recall correctly, I think it's a German film that I think they selected as their official selection for the best foreign film for Germany. Uh, it is a three-hour-long comedy, uh, which might sound uh, foreboding as it's three hours and a comedy and not in English. Uh, you can read my review on it in its entirety. I will say this is the first five out of five star film I've seen all year. Uh, it is one of my favorite comedies I've seen all year. I mean, obviously. Uh, I think it's hilarious. It's it's a lot funnier than I expected it to be. There's a lot to really love about the film. The characters are really well done. Uh, it does not feel like three hours at all. It feels... It feel, it goes by very, very quickly. Uh, it's heartwarming. It's lovely. There is one scene at the end that is a party scene that is, without a doubt, the funniest scene I've seen all year. Uh... I strongly recommend you check it out. Uh, it's a beautiful film. It's a hilarious film. And I think everyone... I think a lot of people will really enjoy it. And I hope that it gets... I, they, I said it's the submission for Best Foreign Film for Germany. I hope it ends up being one of the top five. Uh, anyway, that was this week's... If you want to really see my full thoughts on it, uh, go to reallearnspodcast.com and read the Art House Asshole for Tony Erdman. Uh, otherwise, I hope you guys enjoy what you're seeing this week. And I hope you guys see some really cool art house films. Bye. He's really excited about American Honey. People should all, yeah, he is. That's People, not this week's movie. I know. It's not, but I, just I, in general. I, but I'm talking is. about the article he wrote. Yeah. He's oh. like super excited about it. Uh, the, the Tony Erdman, it sounds like just like a, every time I see the title, I think he's writing about it like a director, but that's the movie <laughs> I know. title. I, I did the same <laughs> thing. I was so confused. Um, yeah. Uh, People should also go look at his article where he uh, tries to take me to task for not liking David Lynch. And um, then you're like, David Lynch is awful. Yeah, David Lynch is still uh, an absolute hack. Um, <laughs> I make movies! I don't even know how he sounds. I just imagine that's how he sounds. Well, Pretty he close. sounds like that now. Yeah. Oh, man, that's awesome. I wrote an article. Oh, you did? I didn't talk about it last week, so I, yeah, it just I faded into, the, into obscurity. Your uh, Star Trek one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we talked Content about it last filter. week. Did we? Did we? Yeah. I wasn't here. I thought. Wow, it was you're so self-involved. You don't even know that we talked about it last week. He's just so used to everyone talking about him that you know. Because remember, you also said you wrote an article the last time Star Trek had a Blu-ray come out. Yeah, but that was like a message in private. He also said that in the article. 
Yeah, no, but he also said really? it on the show. I think so. What's happening? I don't even know anymore. Anyway, anyway it was a really good article. I, I totally agree with you, and Ryan is wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah, I felt like carried both sides, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah, you carried my side really well. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. Meh. <laughs> I'll be getting the Target version because it comes with extra bonus features. Cool. Well, well enjoy. enjoy that. Because it'll... it'll Fade into obscurity. You, you, you don't the know what movies on your shelf. You want to know why? Nope. Because I don't care about uh, you don't care Justin about good Lin's, content. Lynn's uh, commentary. The whole this the, the whole Star Trek release has been sabotaged. I I, I do care about Justin. Lin's Insert drone here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, now this yeah. one's coming out on Blu-rays. Right. Yeah. Here. Blu-rays. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is getting a super crazy limited edition thingy on a 4K release, and there's a there's like a book edition on Amazon. And you watch it like, oh, it looks good, but the movie's meh. Yeah, it's not my favorite like uh, Hong Kong action, you know, uh, traditional fighting movie. Yeah, I think mine's still Drunken Master. (laughs) Yeah. Um, The uh, the Downton Abbey Complete Collection comes out this week, so you can pick that up. Does it come with tea? Uh, no, it doesn't because it the show doesn't really talk about tea at all. Uh, Does it come with biscuits? Those... Biscuits are what English call cookies. Star Trek's getting like a like a starship thing. Like Downton Abbey should have like a tea set, yeah, like, like a, a teapot. Yeah. So when you take off the top of the teapot, that's where the discs are ho- held. <laughs> it would actually be cool if it came with a little bell, like one of the one of the like call your servants bells uh, from the beginning with the little with the little rod. Servants, anyway. put my disc in. Oh, the I tray. guess I I didn't mention in real news that Rod Stewart was knighted this week. Oh yeah, he was. I watched so the video. Now you that. address him as Sir Rod Stewart, motherfuckers. <laughs> I think it's funny that like Harry did that did it, but like he's I know, not interesting, huh? Yeah. What does Charles do now? <laughs> Fucking nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he just sits in his room and wishes his mother would die. Yeah, he's like, like <laughs> I want to be king. <laughs> oh, but mother, it's my turn to be king. He's like, the, he's he like, doesn't the, even sound like that. I've... You'll be king when I say you'll be king. <laughs> is he like the British Charlie Brown? Like he's, <laughs> he probably he's, is. He's a bald, round-headed, like just sad kid who never gets what he wants. <laughs> I want to be in my room watching Downton Abbey. That's what I'm going to be doing. I'm just imagining Prince Charles like running up, trying to kick a rugby ball, and getting pulled out <laughs> from under. Oi! <laughs> <laughs> Instead of arg. Is it still football? Sorry. Uh, yeah. Uh, Independence Day is getting its Blu-ray. Or sorry, Independence Day uh, reassertion, re, re reinsertion. Yeah, re- that's what I felt like because I felt like I got fucked for re- that old movie. Resurgence. Uh, is out this week. The uh, worst movie of the year. Before. It is not the worst movie of the year. Yeah, it is. Uh, no. What is the worst movie of the year, James? I don't know. One of the ones I didn't see because it was so terrible. No. Fucking Independence Day Resurgence no. is the worst movie of the year. No. This is coming from the guy who thought that Magnificent Seven was the second worst film of the year. I didn't say it was the second v- worst. Oh, I don't go go. Everybody should go back to his review where you totally bring up Independence Day Resurgence. Yeah, Independence Day Resurgence. Um. Some horror movie I saw, and then Magnificent Seven. Wow. Oh, see, that's not what you said then. Anyway, I don't even remember. Uh, I do. Alice threw the looking glasses out this week. Isn't that still in theaters? Did that fail so terribly? Yeah. That, like, they just... They, guys, just just put this thing out. I think it made, like, $70 million. Wow. Man. Well... You know what's crazy? I was, I, I was reading the stats that the, the Lone Ranger... Um, where the Magnificent Seven is right now, still made more money than Magnificent Seven. Really? And everyone calls that like a like. Granted, the budget was huge, so it was yeah. a bomb in that respect. But 
um, a movie, what? a Western, what, two years ago? It's still outgrossing uh, the Magnificent Seven, which is being called like a, a decent hit. Yeah, must have no. It would have had to have been three years ago. It had to been. It's just yeah. yeah it's, it's just the budget. Yeah, it's re- it's really about the fact that like Lone Ranger was supposed was basically coming out of the you know the the Pirates of the Caribbean camp. Um, whereas this is a you know which by the way the Pirates of the Caribbean teaser. I'm like, all right. Oh yeah, totally. That one was like super dark. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know if you guys talked about that last week. We didn't. Um, yeah. That yeah, that trailer is is pretty cool. Um, uh, it, it does look cool, but I'm, I guess I'm a little, just a little disappointed that they're kind of going back to the well of like undead rival captain. Agreed. Yeah, hundred percent agreed. But at the same time, like if they go, as long as Jack Sparrow isn't the main character, I'll be okay. Yeah, that's why I was shocked. You know, the teaser—he's not even in it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like he's shrouded in controversy currently, or something. <laughs> uh, controversy. <laughs> the, uh, the Woody Allen film Cafe Society. Is out this week with a with a crazy cover thing that looks mm. kind of cool. Does it detail like how to pick up your daughter in it, or uh, she was adopted, so it's okay. Mm. Um, no, it's not. I'm I'm for the record <laughs> totally joking. I hope so. Woof. Uh, season four of Bates Motel, which as I probably said a year ago today, I really need to get back on that show. You should it's great. Um, yeah, oh, like man. I haven't seen the fourth season. I only I only get them on Blu-ray, and I have A and E. I just. I oh. feel like A&E is like a channel old people watch, so yes. I always forget to, that I have it. Right. So I'm just like, oh, let's watch it on Blu-ray. And the show's, like, the third season is really good. And I've been reading reviews. That they said the fourth is the best season so far. So very interested. Cool. Uh, there's a Max... Uh, oh, sorry. There, no, here we go. Uh, the Criterion edition of Shortcuts is out this week. Ryan, oh, cool. are you going to order Shortcuts? I forgot it's coming out. I'll, I'll pre-order that. Oh, okay, cool. Um, because, you know... I really want to see in HD Huey Lewis's dick. So. Is that in that movie? Oh, yeah. yeah all oh, the man. details. And Firebush is in that movie. Maybe you should wait for the 4K version, though. Maybe. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> the HDR uh, version. Yeah. Uh, similarly, Pan's Labyrinth is uh, coming out on Criterion this week. The cover is awesome. That movie oh, does yeah. not have any dick in it. No. Um, to its detriment. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, see, that's a, that's a foreign language film that I like. Oh, it's so good. Man, love that movie. Um, so, uh, Shout Select is releasing uh, Sylvester Stallone's Nighthawks, uh, which is a movie Sweet. I've never seen or heard of. Ha- have you guys? Uh, what's what's on the cover it? again? Remind me. Uh, Sylvester gun. Stallone <laughs> and another guy are pointing a gun at you. So it's like it's like split down the middle and buy then, this disc. Or you're gonna yeah. get it. Oh, it's happening. <laughs> um, and that's like, I mean, that's the. That that is the main cover, so I don't know if if does Shouts like to have like art artsy covers as well. Uh, no, they, I think they kind of just recycle the the main theatrical cover. posters. Okay, cool. It's always a good decision. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm only interested because it's Shouts Select releasing it. Like otherwise, a a what I assume is B tier. Oh, um, I'm sure it is. Doesn't like, mean it's not awesome. That's true. Yeah. Uh, it's Riker Howard is is the uh, or Howard is the other guy in the movie. Uh, okay, so everybody hold on to your butts because Halloween is coming up, so we have a poop ton of horror movies releasing on Blu-ray. Uh, you can get Salem's Lot, It, uh, and Cat's Cradle are all coming out on individual, like, uh, Stephen King Blu-ray you mean Cat's Eye? Things. Yeah, Cat's Eye, sorry. Um, yeah, so there you go. Uh, I've never seen Salem's Lot. Is that good? Uh, yeah. Yeah? It's a, like a miniseries. It's a, it's a horror film uh, about a vampire. <laughs> 
Oh, I'm so glad you weren't stopping there. It's a horror film. Not <laughs> a vampire. I know. I kind of lost my train of thought. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I've also never seen It. It's not uh, good. Is it not? Okay. People, cool. uh, Tim Curry's great as the clown in it, but other than that, it's a TV, made-for-TV movie yes. from the early 90s or maybe late 80s, so it's meh. I was thinking about it a lot this week for reasons we will discuss later, um, so I was wondering whether or not I should I should check it out. But anyway, uh, What We Become, which is a movie by Bo Mc. Mc- McKelson. Uh, I don't actually know this is a horror movie, but it's got a little girl with blood all over her face on the cover, and she looks like some kind of vampire, so I'm making assumptions. Um, <laughs> so maybe check that out. It's a it's an IFC Midnight release, uh, uh, which I yeah. think is a It is a horror, horror imprint. imprint. And it's by yeah. Scream, too. Scream, oh, really? Scream releases IFC Horror uh, Midnight ones. Oh, cool. The, they don't, they're not in charge of them. They just release them. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. sometimes uh, they have good special features, like The Boy was really good, and other times they don't have any special features. Uh, I can't remember what this imprint is called. It's the it's the one with the V on it. Um, oh, Vestrin, yeah. Oh, yeah. my Waxworks comes out, right? Waxwork 1 and Waxwork 2, Lost in Time. What's Waxworks? Uh, some horrible horror film about this dude who kills people and puts them in like wax figures, I believe. The second one has Bruce Campbell in it. That's why I got it. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, cool. The, uh, the cover for Waxwork 1 is um, offensive? It's it's like a guy it's a guy it's opening a, a door. <laughs> I was gonna I was burying the lead. Yes, it's a midget in a suit like that dude from uh, Fantasy Island mm-hmm. uh, opening a door. By, beyond it is like a bunch of like screaming melted heads or something. Um, so anyway, uh, the pit. I don't I don't know anything about what the pit is. Jamie wouldn't kill anymore unless Teddy told him to. That's the uh, that's the tagline for the pit. It looks like it's a it's about a demonic teddy bear that tells you to there's also like maybe bats or something weird in the movie that come out of the pit i think something comes like demons come out of a pit and infest your toys and tell your children to kill sounds you. sounds about right yeah that sounds good um all right uh, uh body snatchers the invasion continues is getting a release this week which has a surprisingly cool cover for it's actually not a bad uh update of the original body snatchers oh yeah, yeah. i was just gonna ask because i always just assumed like ah, i don't need to see that um Though it's got uh, uh, Gabrielle uh, Gabriel Anwar, I think that's her name, in it, uh, who I always liked when I was younger. Uh, and then finally, Child's Play is getting a Scream Factory. It is. Really is? Okay, cool. I'm, I'm really torn on that one because I think the cover is really badass. And, but I have the Chucky collection. But they also redid the... Uh, the, does the, the transfer ch- so does the collection have the special features and stuff yeah it has all the special features from the chucky collection i have plus a whole other disc of new stuff hmm. but then i risk because like my chucky collection comes in like one container and then it'd be at the outside of it and then i'd spend 24 dollars on a movie i already have is it worth the special features <laughs> uh, i, don't I think mean I, I say this but today i i mean last this week i got the uh restored version of american werewolf in london <laughs> Oh, yeah. It was on sale for seven bucks, but... Um, you just wait for Child's Play to be on sale. Well, the, the Scream Factories never go on sale, though. Yeah. Really? They never have like a, even like a 20% off or something? Wow. Their collector's editions rarely go on sale. Yeah, it'll end up being a thing like, like Criterion, where it's like maybe maybe Borders will eventually yeah. do a thing similar, you know? Well, and two, you run the risk... Borders if you will don't... never do it, because they don't exist. Oh, that's right. <laughs> right, and whatever, uh, whatever. If, if you don't order them right away, they... Uh, their second run of them, so they do initial run of I don't know, it's like five or ten thousand, depending on the movie. Come with a slip cover. Their oh. second run of them, um, it doesn't come with a slip cover. Oh, okay. So yeah, if you want 
the new commissioned art plus the reversible. Yeah. You know, for goofy collectors like me, which makes it cool. Right. It's and, a pretty cool cover, though. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, no, it's awesome. I think I did that. Uh, yeah, no, I've got, like, you were describing how, how wonky it looks on your shelf, but that's what I did uh, for the Mad Max films. Because I've, I've got a trilogy, and then I've got, I think, a... Oh, no, so I've got the, I've got the trilogy, then I've got the Shout Factory release of one, and then I've got uh, Fury Road separate, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then I think I have a Steelbook edition, too. So, like, I have this weird, wonky-looking part of my shelf. Um, <laughs> the Mission Impossible movies are that way, too. But yeah. That's, you know, for obvious reasons. Yep. Anyway, uh, that is everything coming out on Blu-ray this week. Cool. This is Stuff We Watched This Week. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Brad, what'd you watch this week? This week, um, the new Ghostbusters came out, so I watched all the special features on that. And, did yeah. You- did you get the? Uh, I got the one at Best Buy because I thought it looked really cool. The steelbook, yeah, yeah. But I got the 4K steelbook just in case, like someday I have a 4K mm-hmm. player. I'm sorry, buddy. And I want to see what the discs look like. And they're actually like, like there's this like this, as thin as DVDs. Really? Oh, because uh, Blu-rays are, have a little bit of a yeah, because they have that protective coat yeah. on them. But yeah, 4K just feels like a regular old hmm. DVD. I was surprised. Um, but yeah, I watched all the special features, and sure enough. Uh, that scene where we were talking about it, like transitions before uh, Kristen Wiig goes to the uh, the uh, the cafe or whatever mm-hmm. to talk to the mayor. Like, there's that scene where she's like at her, I guess her own apartment or a hotel or something. Mm-hmm. There's a scene where before that, um, she and Melissa McCarthy get into a fight. No, go their separate ways. So, did you watch the extended cut of it? Yeah. Is it? Because it's, re- it's like 20 minutes longer. It's, does it feel 20 minutes longer, or does it help the film? No, it's a lot of just, like, extra gags that um, just... Especially in the beginning, there's a scene where uh, Kristen Wiig goes to, I think, the dean of the school or something that she's at, or the other dean, mm-hmm. or some other higher-up official um, woman, and they have, like, this exchange, and she's just, like, has just awkward... Mm. Has an awkward discussion about the supernatural, and then just kind of walks out, so... Yeah, it was, it was just extraneous stuff. Uh, and then alternate takes, like the Aussie cameo. He says something different. Um, uh, uh, the stuff like the training in the in the alleyway was all like last-minute additions to the film. Uh, so those, those scenes weren't initially in there. And then the like the end credits stuff, that's like, they seem like little vignettes were actually the original yeah. ending. But uh, they they felt tacked on, so they split them up through the credits hmm. and the whole dance sequence. The, dan- like... the dance sequence was originally in the movie. Yeah, did, did yes. they reinsert it into the extended cut? No. They, they, well, uh, you can watch the whole thing. I don't think it's in the extended cut, mm. but they have the whole thing on the disc. They put it in the end credits because it fell out of place. Mm. But that whole thing, uh, that whole end, that whole end sequence is completely CGI, hmm. except for the the hotel front and the police and the police and army. They just built like the lower level of the street, and then everything else above that is just CGI buildings. It's crazy. Uh, I I blacked out there for a second for specific reasons. Uh, is there a feature on the disc that is just uh, Chris Hemsworth saying jokes? Yeah. over and over again. Well, there's there's a ton of like extra gag clips. So like each character has one. Um, that that each is of everything. Four Ghostbusters, I want. Chris Hemsworth, um, and I think a couple of the the little side characters have just like sprinkled 
throughout those but yeah cool i think chris emsworth even has like two bonus feature things dedicated to him that's awesome and there's tons of vfx stuff and it's it's you learn like everything about that movie cool there's two commentary tracks (laughs) so very cool that's what i wanted um yeah and then um i also finished uh stranger things Ooh, which was really great. Yeah. Um, but I can't feel a little disappointed that I thought like it was gonna be more than just like a monsters chasing. Like I felt there's gonna be like some deeper, like story beyond that. But it's really just getting that kid back and defeating the monster. By deeper, do you mean? So do you mean um, like more complete story for the characters, or that there would be more of a like? intriguey like what what is the answer behind the like the corporation or what the upside down is and that kind of stuff yeah i guess the latter half because it okay yeah yeah um yeah they don't really explain like you're just left to believe like oh well they did some experiment and it opened up this other universe and now they're trying to like contain it yeah but i just thought there'd be like a maybe a deeper mystery as like it was going to lead to something larger right um yeah i think that's the that is the only reason why I'm kind of okay with the fact that they, um, that they're saying that this the second season will be a sequel season. Because mm-hmm. originally, when it when it ended, I was like, I I didn't have that problem because for me, like a cool horror show or or movie like this, especially in the sort of Stephen King vein, like I do kind of want it to end with this uncomfortable, like, oh well, we didn't. So some spoilers for Stranger Things, or at least thematically, or whatever. Like, I do kind of want it to end with this open-ended thing of like, oh, there's still something out there, and this could ha- this could happen to me. Even though it's like, you know, obviously never going to happen to you. Um, but the uh, yeah, good job. Sneeze right on your dad's phone. Um, the uh, so I didn't have that problem, but I can sort of understand like the people who are really excited for there to be a sequel season. They did leave it open where they can talk more about what that thing is because yeah. it is it's a really cool idea and i would like to explore it more for me like the story of the characters is pretty much like i'm fine with it being left where it is yeah um, when it ended i was kind of wondering like where would you go with this other than right. like because i feel like the story is really complete and if, if if more creepy shit happened to those characters it would feel like it would feel like the diehard syndrome where it's like how can this happen right to all oh, these people this many times. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm in the camp that a, a a sequel to that show should be one of two things: either a Twilight Zone, like here's a totally different Stranger Thing, or a like Final Destination style where um, other people experience or have interactions with, in this case, the Upside Down, and these kids show up as an Ali Larder style character of of wisdom. To be like, oh, we know we can we can get you from A to B a whole lot faster, so that then this season can be about these characters, these new characters getting from B to C. You know, mm-hmm. so we as an audience get to continue to learn more, um, and we we get a little bit of communication with those characters. There's really only one, and I don't want to say who. There's really only one character that is left super open at the end of the show that I would say, yeah, you should bring that character back, like. I would want more about that character and what happens to that character moving forward. Whereas the, the, the rest of them are, you know, they're tied up well enough. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously with the last scene of the show, that character isn't, but I don't give a shit (laughs) like that. That isn't the character I want to learn more about. Um, what do you think? Uh, 
because there's this one scene where the cop gets into the car with the two like G men. Yes, that'll come back. But I don't nec- I don't need it to because in my mind he's getting into the car with like two X Files agents and you know that's it. I'm just wondering um, like what that scene's supposed to show us like that he maybe already has. It doesn't seem like he has prior knowledge of anything. Oh no 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 no. I I think it's it's up to interpretation, but it's one of two things. It's either. Uh, it's either they t- in a in a negative way they're taking him away and they're going to interrogate him and then probably lock him up forever so he can't tell anybody what he knows, um, which that wouldn't really make sense in my mind. Yeah, because he, he's in the forest later doing that other thing. That oh, that's spoilery. true. Yeah, right. Um, so for for me, it's really more that the um, they they are beginning to enlist him in. Like, hey, we we need your help to go figure out some of this stuff. You know, that would be my that's my interpretation of it. Uh, which could also be a cool like thing to follow up on. Um, like that could that he could also be your Ali Larder type character. Because if we never went back to the the four kids, I'd be fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, or five kids technically, right? Well, however many. If we never went back to that, well, group, five with eleven. R- n- well, five with William. Right? Aren't there five kids in the D and D group, or are there four? Uh, no, I think there's. It felt like there were five in that opening You're right. scene. You're right. There's only four. But yeah, um, after Will disappears. Yes. Yeah. Right. Um, so anyway. Um, yeah. Like if we never went back to those kids and 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 uh, what's her face's character, I'd be fine. Do I like? That's not that I don't like those characters. That's that I'm I'm good with where those characters are. So anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm overall, glad you liked it. Yeah. Overall, great show. Great mm-hmm. atmosphere. Yeah. Really good at like developing characters and stuff. And then the last thing I watched was um, the other three Die Hard movies. <laughs> uh, define the other three. Well, the the other three I didn't talk about last week. Oh, sorry. Which ones did you talk about last week? Uh, just live for your live for your Die Hard. So and I I listened to the commentary on uh, one, two, and three. Um, but the only like the only thing I really want to talk about is I didn't notice until they pointed it out in the commentary. But after um, McLean gets out of the air duct with his famous line or whatever, and he walks through the, the dining room shooting those guys. <coughs> he goes from a black or a white tank top to a black tank top. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yep. And then uh, after that scene, he's back to the white one. Huh. <laughs> Weird. And uh, McTiernan on the thing is just like, you know, we were like really kind of by the seat of our pants sometimes trying to get this thing made, and these things just happen. <laughs> wow. He, but how, he he theoretically should only have one costume the whole time. Like yeah. that that seems like a, a You think Bruce Willis would <laughs> Hey, you guys know that in. I've worn a white shirt the all the rest <laughs> of the last 30 days yeah. of shooting. Well, it, it it was also he was saying that their shooting schedule was like super out of order, like and they were shooting stuff that they didn't know like was going to go to like the next scene later, so Maybe there was a scene where his shirt got torn off and then they cut it out. Yeah. And there's like rewrites and stuff, so yeah. it might have actually been like black, and then or for, to lead up to the scene that eventually got cut or something. Maybe it wasn't black. Maybe it was just drenched in blood and gore, and he like <laughs> yes. he wrings it out, and then it turns white. He's like he's got he's like that strong. Oh, he's got a Tide pen in his jacket. It's just yeah. it's just full of blood, <laughs> and then he's like, oh man, I got this shout stick. <laughs> Product placement. Yeah. That'd be good. Yeah. So that's it for me. Cool. James? Cool, cool. Uh, I watched a couple of things. Um, I, while not being here, still got a chance to go see The Girl on the Train, uh, which I really liked. Um, I I will say that there's... 
Okay, it's really hard to not compare it to um, Gone Girl, to Gone Girl, which is completely unfair um, because it's you know there was a part of me that was like, oh yeah, this movie is not like I can't even put it's my got finger the same on vibe, it. but it's a different story. Yeah, I, I can't even put my finger on what it is, but there's something about the film that just doesn't feel as polished as a like Fincher or Sicario or you know like. One of those movies, even though it feels like like it wants so hard to be on that level, um, but not not its fault. Um, like it's just me bringing unfair expectations, um, or maybe just some kind of weird bias to the film. Um, I will also say that there's a level of like melodramatic elements to the movie that I think the movie does an amazing job of handling in a way that I am okay with. Um, so there's like, there's things that pop up that I would normally find, uh, either like things that are usually more okay in books that then when you translate them to film, they just come mm. off like super melodramatic. And in this case, like there's stuff like that where as it's happening, I'm like, Oh, this makes me uncomfortable. And then like, because I know what, what they're about to do or what they're about to say. Um, like when, uh, when, uh what's her name uh not, i want to say Haley bailey um uh anyway whatever her name is uh who plays the the Haley bennett Haley bennett yeah um when uh when you have her big revealing flashback like i knew what was happening and i was so terrified i was like oh this is gonna be oh yeah when she gets gets offed it's pretty bad uh, You're talking about when oh, she gets her face smashed in no i'm talking about the 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 flashback where we learn about her past and why mm. she is the way she is. Um, like, what happens to her in that sequence is is something that on in a book can be handled a lot more eloquently and in a film can come off really melodramatically. And I think they actually pull it off. Like, they tell you that bit of the story in a way that is uh, more palatable. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that the marketing for that movie is amazing because I went in not knowing anything really about I didn't realize I didn't know anything about the story. Yeah. And so when it starts off, and slight spoilers for the first five minutes, um, but when it starts off and Emily Blunt starts like saying all this stuff, I, I'm like, wait a second, you're a crazy pants. Like, what is wrong with you? And then as we learn, like, oh, she's a hardcore alcoholic, I didn't know that coming into the movie. I knew, like, okay, she doesn't remember what she did for some reason. I thought that was part of the mystery. Mm. I thought there was a bit more, like, supernaturalish or weird, you know, whatever to the mystery. Um, so when our main character became this pretty complex and like broken character that at first you actually don't like very much, it made the movie way more interesting for me. Um, it was just an uncomfortable first, like honestly the first 30 minutes or so were like being trapped inside of that disease. And I, I didn't have anybody to like, you know, I, I mentioned that last week. It's, it's interesting, uh, plot device where you don't trust anybody telling the story yes i think that's i think that's why i like the movie so much is yeah everybody's really unreliable you can't count on emily blunt's character because she's always drunk right you can't count on um hayley bennett's character because she's always seems deceitful right Um, and the way that you you also can't rely on your interpretation of scenes because they do a good job of uh, of setting you up for failure from time to time, mm-hmm. of showing you things. I mean, there are things that 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 they reveal later were interpreted differently than the way you're supposed to interpret it the first time that I caught, and then there are things that I didn't. Um, yeah. Like, it just does a good job of telling the story in a way that that um, 
that sort of keeps you on your toes or, or, or keeps you from finding your footing is maybe the yeah. way to say it. Uh, that I, th- I thought was really effective. Um, so yeah, and I also think the end of that movie is 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 pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, like when the real reveal of not of who the murderer is, but of how Emily Blunt's character got where she is. Yeah. Um, if that makes sense, that reveal to me was. A surprise and a pretty cool twist hey, Dad, in the movie. Have you seen the fucking corkscrew? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, That's the thirteenth reference. Also, that was pretty great. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, like that whole sequence where you. Uh, I know he says, "Where's the goddamn corkscrew?" I think. Yeah, he does. Um, <laughs> the, uh, uh, the <laughs> yeah when 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 that person comes out on the lawn and you don't know what their intention is. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is the most coy way I can say it is really yeah, I, I cool. Think it, I think the way it's set up is that that character is the way it's shot, the way it plays out. That that character might be okay with what another character is doing to another character, right? You exactly. know what I mean? Yes, because they have that Ugh. one shot where he, right. where that character is doing something, and yes. they pan up to the other character just watching it happen yes anyway uh i need to talk about a movie in a way that's not coy because if you haven't seen stranger things and girl on the train for the last 20 minutes you're probably just screaming at the radio (laughs) um so anyway um i also got a chance to watch pop star this week um that movie's awesome it is awesome it's so good uh i was i was i don't want to say pleasantly surprised because i expected it to be good but it, it really like Really made me laugh. Really an enjoyable film. Um, I think the the fact that that movie's that movie turns on the turtle dying yeah. is <laughs> the most ridiculous thing. Like I literally screamed at the TV when that happened. Like, are you serious? Like, because you know, I, I guess it makes sense. Like, whatever. But it doesn't matter. Like that movie is a a long series of really great jokes. And so that to me was just a moment of them saying like guys the plot of this movie does not matter. Like I, I everybody knows the beats where they're playing um, basketball. <laughs> he misses it and he turns at the camera and then they cut and everybody's like, like oh, oh it went in. It went in. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love I love the sequence when he feeds them pancakes with dog poop in them. Yeah. Um because as soon as it started I was like oh oh he's testing them to see whether or not they're yeah. yes men. Like that was that was really good. Um <laughs> Oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, that's a really fun, fantastic movie yeah. uh, that people should check out. So, Ryan, thank you for for, yeah. for lending it. Um, and then f- I finally, I think there's one other thing that I'm forgetting. But anyway, um, last other thing is that I watched uh, Dreamcatcher this week. So anybody who, oh no, yeah, of the uh, yes, how did this get made? Yeah. Right. So how did this get made? Did an episode on Dreamcatcher this week, and I, totally I remember forget, when I totally forgot Damian Lewis was like this dual character in it. Like, listening to talk about it, it's like, oh, my yeah. God, yeah. So I had never seen it, and I remember, A, being afraid of the trailers when when it came out, because I was like, These, that looks cool, and it's got aliens in it. Like, I don't want to see that, because I don't like watching movies with aliens that are supposed to be scary, especially when I was, like, you know, 14, 15, uh, 2003, so I was 16. But still, that movie, hey, shut up. <laughs> um, I don't like E.T., uh, we know. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, so I thought that their episode was really funny, and I was like, I need to go watch this ridiculous piece of shit directed by uh, uh, by Lawrence Keston. <laughs> um, and 
it's too bad because there's a lot of cool ideas in that movie. Like, I had some fun watching parts of it, um, but there's also butt aliens in it and, like, just things that are poorly executed and it's bizarre and and kind of pointless. Um, it's just, like, it feels like all of the all of the Stephen King tropes that I actually do enjoy, but done completely wrong. Um, and then on film executed well, but like it is the, the core story. And it's funny if you listen to their episode, cause the guy talks about how bad the book is like the core story itself is pretty terrible. Well, um, I said, uh, Stephen King wrote it when he was like all drugged up after his accident. Yeah. Right. So it is, it does um, feel like a mishmash yeah. of like his favorite things. It's and, like there's three movies going on at once. Yeah, and even he has gone, come out and said, like, oh, yeah, this movie's terrible. Or the, or the book, I'm sorry. He's like, yeah, my, that book of mine is terrible. Um, but I actually kind of enjoyed watching it. It's free on Prime right now. And he's um, like, yeah, of the three books I wrote that year, that one's my least favorite. Oh, totally, yeah. I mean, the guy has written, like... 800? He, he can be very hit, hit or miss, but at the same time... So for that one to be the one where he's like, oh, no, that's the bad one, uh, <laughs> is pretty impressive. Um yeah, it's so it's so bizarre, um, and so I, I do kind of recommend checking it out for free um, if you've got Amazon Prime. So anyway, I think that's it. I swear there's something else, and I'll remember it in a middle minute. So anyway, Ryan, uh, I didn't watch too much. Uh, I just wanted to comment really fast on the new episode of Ash vs Evil Dead. Oh yeah. Uh, so the their the last season ended with Ash doing what Ash would always do: is he took the easy way out, and by doing that. He never got rid of the deadites. Uh, And so they have to go find it. And Lucy Lawless's character puts the book in this corpse. And when Bruce Campbell goes to the morgue to retrieve the book, uh, he gets his head sucked up the corpse's butthole. And so his head goes through its ass. And he's running around fighting this corpse with his head through its butt and, like, sticking through its... And you have to see it to... What? Wait, is this episode two of the yeah. new season? Yeah, it's episode oh, two. I thought it was episode one. I was like, oh. I don't remember watching that at all. It, it is bizarre, but Bruce Campbell is so great at the physical comedy yeah. that you're, like, sickened at the same time. But you're like, oh, this is... Because <laughs> it's like an autopsied body, and How... Bruce Campbell's head goes up its butt. How does and... it... Does it look it... Like, oh, so... a, like a practical like No, mannequin? it's a practical, so... Uh, they had a little um, behind-the-scenes thing beforehand, and Bruce Campbell said it weighed like 75 pounds. Oh. Uh, but so it's a – how he got stuck up there is the intestine. <laughs> it looked like a little tremor graboid, and it like bit him on the face and wrapped around his neck and pulled him up through the butt. <laughs> and so through, so through the rest of the episode, uh, awesome. they keep on – saying to bruce he's like you smell like shit man <laughs> it's it, the, the show is zany and it's it's really well done if you're a fan of that stuff i mean yeah. obviously it's not for everybody i would never right. tell your mother to go watch ash versus evil dead <laughs> but yeah. um or my mom yeah but it's still fun um but laura's mom would probably love it yeah she likes uh <laughs> good old game of thrones uh my little boy is on this huge dinosaur kick so we watched oh jurassic world and he loved it. He watched the whole movie. He didn't even move. He's two. Yeah. Hey, I like the movie, too. I still think the movie's fun. Yeah. Uh, he. I mean, the part where the T-Rex and the Indominus Rex fight, oh, man, he was so excited. He was, like, telling me, he's like, the dinosaurs! And he was, like, <laughs> getting all, like, pumped. I was like, oh. yeah. They're, they're yep, fighting, there's buddy. dinosaurs. Uh, mm-hmm. And so that was fun. Uh, I also spent a lot of time playing the new Paper Mario game called uh, 
color splash yeah. and it's amazing. Really? Oh yeah, it's I love the Paper Mario series and the graphics in this game. It's a Wii U game and it they're they're just astounding and they're really creative of how they use the paper effects um and using the gamepad. So in this one you actually have like cards that you get to use your powers. Uh-huh. So instead of just like uh like um I guess you know when you use use a traditional RPG you have a certain amount of power you can use each thing like jumping or fireballs or whatever. Yeah. In this game you have cards. So when you use the card um you 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 use that power. And it's really well done and you use the game pad to cut things out of paper on it. It's it's really well done. And it's funny if you've ever played a Paper Mario game then uh, you'll know. Uh and the last thing I watched is I watched uh, Zoolander 2. And I actually thought it was pretty funny. Uh, I love Kiefer Sutherland in it. I didn't know he's in it. Yeah, he's. <laughs> oh, have you not seen it? No. Oh yeah, Kiefer I Sutherland. Couldn't, I couldn't believe you weren't there for this one. Yeah, Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah, I, thought, I could have sworn you you saw it when it came out. No. Uh, so basically, uh, <laughs> the the premise is a Zoolander disappears because they built his uh, school for children who can't read good out of the materials that they built the model out of. So it was like balsa wood and (laughs) cement and it killed his wife and it (laughs) scarred Hansel. So he couldn't, uh, so Hansel was wearing like this Phantom of the Opera mask. And then he, uh, so after they, him and Zoolander reconnect, uh, Hansel's like, all right, I'll take off the mask. And he takes it off and Zoolander screams and he has like this little scar, like right below his eye. Yeah. (laughs) It's ridiculous. But anyways, Kiefer in it plays part of, Hansel's like orgies and he comes in and uh what makes they all go we're pregnant and he's like wait all of you and there's like a goat and stuff and yeah. then Kiefer Sutherland comes in he's like all of us <laughs> and uh he said oh wow that's that's cool and Kiefer's like I thought you'd be happy he plays it like Jack Bauer it's so funny that's and great. later in the movie uh Hansel wants to be left alone and he's having another orgy with like 12 other people and his original 12 people show up and Kiefer Sutherland's like, you know what? Screw this. And he kicks the door in and like flies across. And then later at the end of the movie, there's a big payoff where, uh, Kiefer's like, my baby didn't make it something to do with kicking in the door. It's so stupid, but it's hilarious. I don't know how Kiefer is pregnant, but he lost the baby by kicking in a door. Oh. Um, yeah, the movie is pretty dumb, but it's really funny. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was funny. I had a good time watching yeah. it. I was surprised at how much I enjoyed that movie. Um, and we, we double featured that with something else, Dead Deadpool. So I'm like, oh, do we that's right. Name yeah, that show after just you seeing it that week because <laughs> well, I didn't see it. You, you never saw Zoolander no. too? There's even a payoff. I where... saw Zoolander too. <laughs> yeah, so he's, just he's driving in his car and he's using the selfie stick, like it's in the um, trailer. But in the movie, it pays off better because he hits a car and does like all these barrel rolls. <laughs> and he's like, hashtag big mistake. <laughs> so stupid. Uh, but I I'm, I'm so good. I have to go back and listen to that episode because yeah. I don't. I can't believe that we reviewed it just based on me. Um, yeah, I never saw it. Man. Yeah, because I would have talked about Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah, because <laughs> he he acts the shit out of losing a baby. <laughs> I I adore I adore uh, Justin Bieber's scene at the beginning where he gets like you know riddled with gunfire and then Snapchats. Yeah, like takes the right takes, filter. Takes a, yeah, it takes like a duck face selfie and then filters it. Yeah, because and... I mean, there's so many like funny throwaway lanes. So he's like, so Bieber makes like a Zoolander face, and oh, that that's right, it wasn't a duck and, face, it was uh, a Zoolander. 
Penelope Cruz. How old is she? She looks amazing. Yeah. Anyways. Remember when she swims across an ocean? Yeah. (laughs) With Zoolander on her back. What Um, the hell? So she works for Interpol's fashion police. Yeah. And uh, she gets Zoolander to come in after he's been in the wild of New Jersey. (laughs) And she says, this is blue steel, right? And he's like, (laughs) yeah, it's blue steel. (laughs) It's like, I forget what look it is, but he's basically telling her she's stupid. But I think uh, I'll end it on this. I think my favorite line is you find out that Zoolander's kid is fat. And um, so he's at an orphanage. and Zoolander wants to leave him there. And so Hansel says, wait a minute. Are you just saying that he's a bad person because he's fat? And Zoolander says, when we say like that, it makes me sound like a jerk. No, I'm actually asking, is he a bad person because he's fat? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, That's funny. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I liked it. Yeah, that's good. Uh, this week on Real Nerds Podcast, we saw The Accountant. Brad, should people see The Accountant? Uh, yeah, I, I, I did enjoy it. Cool. James? Uh, yeah, I uh, like two weeks in a row, I think this movie is, is, is really cool, way more badass than I expected, and similar to last week, tries to do some things I usually wouldn't like, but surprisingly pulls them off. Um, so I, I, I definitely think that it's worth checking out. I told my parents to go see it. Yeah. I thought it was actually pretty good. I was actually surprised how much I liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like a John wick blended with, uh, uh, Jason Bourne. I keep comparing it to kind of a, like a Jack Reacher. Cause it's got, it's yeah. got like the action scenes, but it's also got a lot of downtime and like mystery solving mm-hmm. stuff. Um, it's hard to, it's hard to say specifically cause honestly it, it feels like a, like a dramatic movie and then. It doesn't. Yeah. Because then they have, like, really funny, like, cute scenes with Anna Kendrick and Ben Affleck. Yeah. Uh, Here's a trailer for the accountant. Your son is a remarkable young man. He has highly advanced cognitive skills. He has more in common with Einstein or Mozart than he does with us. I'd like to work with your son. Help him develop the skills he'll need to lead a full life. It's not going to happen. The world is not a friendly place, and that's where he needs to learn to live. How did you get into financial consulting? How did you get into, how did you get into, how did you get into financial consulting? My dad was an accountant. You know, he had the whole shtick, the dorky pocket protector. I have a pocket protector. That's a nice one. Do you like puzzles? Tell me what you see was taken three years ago by an undercover agent. It's the same person. He was spotted in Tehran, Tel Aviv, and Naples. This guy risks his life on cooking the books for some of the scariest people on the planet. Drug cartels, arms brokers, money launderers, assassins. Who survives this kind of clientele? Imagine the secrets this guy has. What are you doing here? Who are you? You're different. Sooner or later, different scares people. I have difficulty socializing with other people, even though I want to. There's people looking for you. If their secrets get too big, killing it may be the cost of doing business. If you go down this road, you can't go back. 
Some of my clients are quite dangerous. Why would your clients follow you? You're an accountant. We have to go to the police. Police can't protect you. So who is he? The accountant. Like a CPA accountant? Not quite. And it, Ben Affleck plays a guy who has um, some form of Asperger's disease. No, he has like uh, he or, no, autism. autism. Yeah, he says high functioning autism. Autism, yeah. that's right. Uh, and so, I mean, it just starts with him being a kid and having a hard time functioning because he doesn't like to be touched and he doesn't like to leave things unfinished. Yeah. Um, and it kind of just uh, goes from there that he's an accountant, and uh, but he's not really an accountant. He's this like badass, like accountant who also murders people yeah um um he murders people for hire well <laughs> well no because he he doesn't murder unless people. someone crosses him no yeah. no he doesn't murder people he uh he protects himself from really dangerous clients and then at the same time I mean, we're, we're getting into spoilers. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, he'll, he'll yes. The, what I was going to say before and then realize it was kind of spoilers because I didn't think the movie was going to go this far. It turns into the best Punisher film I've seen. Like, <laughs> seriously, that last 45 minutes is the coolest, most amazing Punisher sequence I've seen in a film. He also uh, does Zombieland rule number four. Which one? Which Double one tap. Four? Oh, oh, yeah. He double taps everybody. Dude, like a boss. <laughs> everybody yes. shoots, he shoots him in the head twice. I like when he's, <sighs> when he's driving around in his truck and he has that line. He's like, or I think that his Siri or whatever asks him, like, what are you going to do? Shoot him in the head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's, but there's also like really interesting character moments. Uh, yes. When he's, so he helps this uh, older couple who have a farm. And then later they uh, get, harassed by these people that are looking for him because he's uh involved in he's the targeted yeah, yeah he's targeted and then he batmans them yeah he does and so he kicks the shit out of him and he kills this guy and then he walks <laughs> by the car and he like waves at them like totally totally like jumps up on the car like batman breaks the back window and pulls them out oh so cool but yeah no this movie has a lot of comedy in it mm-hmm. um and even at like even in that last, even in the what I would what I call the Punisher sequence, uh, there's like they they'll stop and do little jokes and you know especially yeah. at the end when the two guys are talking, um, like there's a lot of like I I heard my entire audience laugh out loud at like yeah. at times when other like other films you wouldn't get a, a comedic beat there. Well, yeah, because I mean, and uh, John um, Bernthal, right? Yeah, John Bernthal. Yeah, is uh, in it as well, and he kind of plays a character. Where you're not sure what he's doing. Yeah, he's, but, a, he's like a PMC guy. Yeah, but he you eventually learned that he's just being hired, and he just happens across path with Ben Affleck's uh, character. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's all I can even. Yeah, that's maybe the one plot hole, and I'm like, why is he always around? But whatever. Um, oh, I see. I see what you're saying. Like the the fact that that character who has more going on than we are when then we understand at first mm-hmm. just happens to you know he happens to run into him on this one yeah um yeah i mean I, I think that it makes sense because what they're implying there is that so getting into hardcore spoilers for this movie what they're implying there is that 
you know, after after the military, um, he Ben Affleck's character goes to jail and learns how to become a uh, a black market accountant, um, and his brother clearly just goes into private the private military, mm-hmm. um, and so it it kind of makes sense. It it's interesting to me because it it shows this version where the things that their dad you know what their dad is teaching them the whole time is like always walking this fine line. Um, they even apologize for it at the end. Like, because to some degree he's flat out saying like all of the research we have on, on autism and, and neuroscience and all this thing, all these things like, that's oh, all bunk. Like I just need to beat my son enough that he'll be okay. Uh, that's a gross simplification. Mm-hmm. I thought like, it was interesting how like they teach that first scene, making it seem like the, the dad is, well, he, yes. he's a hard ass, but, uh, you think like the mom, like you, you think the mom's the vi- like the victim, and then those a scene, a flashback later, it's she's actually like, you know, she the one the who family. can't handle yeah. right, yeah, like it's and he's the one who wants to stick by his kids. Yeah, yeah and then because... there's that great character moment with his brother where the mom looks back in the window and he and just he flips, flips her, her off. off. Yeah. Well, that's where it starts to turn because yeah. then the, then the dad runs back in and you realize that the dad wants to talk to his wife and get her to not leave. But the most important thing to him is the fact that his son is flipping his shit mm-hmm. right now. So he runs back in and basically like swaddles him with his arms and starts to calm him down. Um, and you realize like that's where you start to see that his dad is actually trying to do great things. You just like I was saying, he, it walks this fine line of whether or not what he is teaching them is really the best thing. Mm-hmm. And so by the end of the film, if not for that twist, like you would probably come out of this and go like, yeah, he's right. Like that guy, you know, the autistic kid became such a badass. But at the same time, we see what his brother becomes, which is a murder for hire PMC dude. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it, it's interesting because they are, they're trying really hard to apologize for the fact that they are, they're, they're saying something that probably goes against like what modern science says about like how you should treat, you know, autistic kids and how you should raise them. Um, but what I think is great about this is that like when my, when the audience I went to see this with, who, who clearly loved the film, um, when they think about autism moving forward, one of the things they will, they will possibly think is total badass. Mm-hmm. Like this idea of an autistic person as a basically a superhero simply because of the way their brain works radically re, redefines the way that a person looks at that Yeah, and it did disorder. have like a superhero origin story vibe to it. Totally. Where he's going to that like Russian backlot or French backlot and is like, you're going to go fight those kids? He's oh like, yeah! He's like yeah, yeah. The kid, the, the kids punch him, and then like, oh, how badass is this? Is that moment where his dad just like looks in the back mirror and goes, "Go!" And then the brother gets out and runs over there, and they just start decking these kids. You're like, holy shit! <laughs> but that's what I mean. Like, it's so it's cool, but you also know that their dad is probably teaching them terrible things. Um, and so to get that twist at the end sort of puts all that to, you know, or at least brings back that dichotomy that was interesting and, and for me to think about. Well, I love too the scene. I thought it was badass where his, uh, when you find out spoilers that, uh, John Berthnell's character is his brother. Right. Yeah. And he's like punching Affleck and he's just sitting there taking it like a boss. I'm yeah. Like, oh, fuck. And the scenes I, I did at one point, I was like, man, this movie's got a lot of like flashbacks. Um, but they they all end up being pretty important to setting a tone and giving you information. It does some of that information is given to you out of order so that you're not mm-hmm. putting everything together when before you should. Um, but in that scene, that's sort of what I was talking about. As, as we were coming into that, I was like, "Dude, do not!" Because about halfway through the movie, I was like, "Where's his brother? 
you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so as we were coming to that scene, I was like, dude, do not make John Bernthal his brother. Like, that's just a clear path to being a disappointing film. Like, that's just going to be so obvious and so hacky. And like, how does his brother get here? But then when that scene happens and they start fighting because we realize like, oh, they're mad at each other because of that scene we saw about, about him going to the, to the, um, to the funeral. I was like, oh, okay. Like they just, they played it in a way and executed it in a way that I was more okay with than I, like if I were writing it, I would have completely avoided that scene because that's such an obvious like thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but then they executed it in a way that I, I, I thought was great. Uh, like I really enjoyed it en- enough that when it was over, I was like, I want to see a sequel where those two dudes go like <laughs> shoot dudes and then count the bodies. Uh, because he's and then an you'll, you'll have drowning pools. Let the bodies hit the floor. Yes. Oh, <laughs> oh best Punisher movie. Um, yeah, I, I just, re- I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And, next week we're seeing, I think, oh, a similar movie. Uh, oh, I wasn't done. Oh fuck, James! Yeah, it was I. Anna, right. Ken- Anna Kendrick is adorable. Well, you don't say anything, Brad. How do I know? Fuck! You're talking all the time. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think Anna Kendrick is adorable. Um, we know that about her, James. Uh, yeah, you but say I, that I needed, every movie she's in. I say it every movie. Um, but the uh, I I wish that they hadn't like had her have that that weird moment of sexual tension. Cause the whole time I was like, he's half, he's like twice your age. Like, no, I was, I was, I was weird about that one. Um, and is she really is like twice his wife's age. So yeah, I say, is she really in real life? I don't think so. No, I think she is. I'm pretty sure she's uh, like, I think she's like 31 and he's like 45. I'm pretty sure he's 72. Mm. I'm pretty sure he's 104 years I think old. He's like 45. I'm pretty sure he's Methuselah. <laughs> um, James, just because you want Anna Kendrick for yourself doesn't mean up. nobody else can't have her. Yes, you know it it's does. just a movie, right, James? <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, but I thought her her character and what they did, I, like the the scene where those guys come to try to kill her and she beats the shit out of that one dude. Um, that was that was pretty great. Uh, yeah, I thought it was cool. Brad. Yeah, I, I liked it. Uh, the only like things that kind of bothered me was J.K. Simmons's uh, exposition, expositional flashbacks. Yes. Really lazy to me for delivering that part of the story. I understand like there's a, a big time constraint, so I don't know how you would probably do that better. But it, it to me, it just came across as lazy. It's like we have to get this information to the audience. Let's just have them explain all this backstory. Yeah, I um, I would have I, I actually think I would have liked it without the flashback. So I, I think if if in that scene he had explained because what's kind of cool there is that's another twist in the movie is when he reveals that he actually doesn't care about finding the accountant that much. You know, like he has tasked this woman with with helping him, only for us to find out like oh no, like the his, his British lady is giving him tips every time that that you know he stumbles onto something really illegal and terrible. Um, and so I think that twist works and like telling this, like that part of it is cool, but telling it in the flashback seemed like that was the one where I was like, guys, this is way, one, maybe one too many flashbacks. Yeah. It felt so long, especially when you're doing flashbacks from multiple characters. Yeah. yeah but um, I mean, I do love the seed. Uh, I do like when he's like, there's one thing I did right with as a good father. Yeah. You know, that's cool. And I thought it was oh, shot really well, but his, his performance is amazing. But yeah, Nobody's it was arguing. kind of tacked on. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just felt like, you know, 
loose loose flesh. Yeah. Um, and then John Lithgow, like right away in the movie, you're like, well, if John Lithgow's like some science guy, he's probably the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> I do like <laughs> that. that ben Affleck just capped him in the middle of his monologue. Though. Oh, that was yeah. so cool. But then oh. that whole scene with him, like, like you have the great John Lithgow in your movie, and he's just like reacting to yeah. probably nothing on screen. Yeah. I'm just imagining like directing him like on set, like, okay, John, can you just sit in the chair? And look at these monitors and just like make confused faces and yeah. go and roll. Right. You could you could have cast pretty much any old guy in that part. Yeah. And his um, lines like, "Are they dead? Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, What's they're dead. Right now? Everyone is dying. Yeah. That's Yeah. No one's calling back in on the radio. They're fucking dead. <laughs> so, oh, how cool uh, in the in the farm sequence? How cool is it when he fires that rifle and we see the bullet before we hear the sound? It is so badass. Um, like shook my theater when that happened. Uh, that was really awesome. Um, yeah, but I would agree. Yeah, like you could have cast anybody in, in John Lithgow's uh, role. Because I, I don't think, I think early on he does a good job. Like for me, I was like, okay, it could be any of these three people. Um, mm-hmm. Like I certainly didn't believe it was the accountant or the, you know, the CFO. Uh, but I was like, oh, I bet it's that lady, you know. I didn't realize that lady was like his sister. I didn't either. Character. Yeah, until yeah, the end. Until so, yes, yeah. It's like holy shit, he killed his own sister. Yeah. Well, well, John Berthall. Like that's yeah. where that's he where it gets fucked hit. up. Is back w- when you realize, you know, they they f- sort of forgive the character in that last scene. But the truth is, like, you realize that. Wait a second. He like he's the terrible guy who murdered the CFO by making him take too much insulin. Like it, just he's really a terrible guy. Um, like he's a vi- he's a good villain from any other action movie, and then in this one he's like slightly redeemed by the end, mm-hmm. um, which I just thought was interesting. Also, we don't actually need the last scene, um, like the last the scene the scene at the uh, him driving the airstream. No, 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 no. Well, I guess technically, yeah. Uh, no, the scene when they go to the um, the neuroscience like place, and he the guy's like giving the tour. And a lady becomes friends with the kid. Like, doesn't actually reflect any on the character. I think it's actually just there to, because I I, I think there is an intention from the writer to make you think about autism and and all of that stuff. Oh, um, because I think it's good. Okay. I think it's good. It's just like it was one of the, one of the people I went with. Like, as soon as the movie was over, they were like, "Did we need that?" I was like, "Well, technically no," but um, but I think it makes an interesting point at the end of the movie. So, anyway, I thought it was cool. I think it's definitely worth uh, worth seeing. Ryan, anything else? No. What are we seeing next week? Jack Reacher. Yeah. Never look back. That was what it's called. Dude, you never first, go back. Never go back. Never, I can't never, remember. Never, never gonna give you up. Never, never gonna let you down. Uh, dude, Jack Reacher came out four years ago. Yeah. Does it seem like it's that long ago? No. Yeah, I know. Twenty twelve. You think this will have Werner Herzog in it? Probably not. Probably not, because I mean, he killed him in the last one. So. Yeah. I have to decide because I've never seen the first one. Should I skip the second one? Uh, let no. you guys handle it next week. Uh, you haven't you seen... should go see Jack Reacher. You haven't seen Jack Reacher? No. Yeah. Other than Werner Herzog being Werner Herzog, you like that movie's pretty good. Yeah, it has a badass. Oh, news, Werner Herzog wants to be a Bond villain. <laughs> <laughs> has a badass um, car chase scene in it. It does. Like No music, just the revs of the engines. It's, it's basically a drive car chase. It's pretty cool. Like it's a drive car chase with a muscle car. Yep. It's it's pretty badass. Um, yeah, that movie is definitely worth seeing. So cool. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.
Real Nerdism, Nebulous Visions, Multimedia Production. We would also like to thank Sparks Mandrill for our music. Additional music from Ben Sounds. Thank you to Alamo Drafthouse. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. And thank you for listening to the Real Nerds Podcast.